5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. And welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session 53. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. What a week. Man, I'll tell you. Mm. Some stuff going on around here. Oh, God has opened up those doors for sure. I know it. Amazing. Just amazing. Well, Mikey, why don't you go there? (laughs) I will go there. (laughs) I'm still on cloud nine. Um, I mean, this only happened within the last couple days. I spoke to uh, a pastor, Johnny Diaz, from Winter Garden. And um, we spoke a little bit. We were led on there from uh, uh, John Stoltz at WTLN Radio. And one thing led to another. And then I called him, and we spoke. And, I mean, it was just like we knew each other for years, the way we were talking. And we met today for breakfast, and <laughs> we didn't. it was like a three-hour and 15-minute meeting. Wow. And, um, wow. Wow. Um, for all those out there that uh, listen to God Stories Radio, uh, the three three of us co-hosts for God Stories Radio will be live on WTLN.com on Saturday night, this Saturday night. 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock, and it'll be live. And actually, it's a live radio, but also he does a live feed through YouTube. Mm. So you can get there by The Vision Radio Program at the YouTube uh, station, and uh, you'll be able to watch it live. Wow. And, uh, I mean, this is just amazing how this uh, door has opened, and uh, I just can't wait to see where it goes from there. We will see. And you'll get to see Mikey's face for radio. (laughs) I told him that, too, that we say it many times, that we have a face for radio, and and we're going to be a live stream on YouTube on Saturday night. I saw that. I said, man, i got to suit up and show up and put on some makeup. I don't think so. Yeah, or, um, it's recommended, but it's not required. I don't think so. I just we just looked at a little bit of uh, their last week's show, and everybody was there and cutoffs and jeans and shirts and yeah, they look thing. pretty comfortable to me. Yeah, very comfortable. So okay. that's the way I'm going. Heck yeah! Oh yeah! You better believe it. So and then plus Johnny Diaz is a uh, um, he's a pastor at a church. He's right? a pastor at the new New Vision Church in uh, Winter Garden, and um, some of the stories that he told me uh, sitting there is just amazing, and it sounds like, I didn't say this before, but it sounds like after we're done at 1 o'clock, mm-hmm. we're going to get his testimony from the equipment there, and then he's going to pass us a CD when we're done probably at 2 o'clock. Oh, awesome. So then we're going to hit a local <laughs> Waffle House at 3 o'clock. <laughs> so it's, Saturday night is going to be a long night. You know it. But it's going to be a fun night. I can't wait. I can't either. Me too. I'm Perfect. not scheduled at the church, I think, until the p.m. I service. Think I th- I'm I'm scheduled in the morning, and I think when I go to service Sunday or Saturday afternoon, I'm going to ask them if they can get a fill-in for me on Sunday because oh yeah, it's not going to be This whole thing worked out. Oh, yeah. Yep. It really did. 
So that's who, who knows where that's going to take us. Oh, my goodness. That's next level GSR. Yes. And we've been uh, praying for a home. Uh, yes, we and, have. And remember, God told us uh, months ago that I want you to take this on the road. Yep. How much more can you take it on the road? Right. <laughs> wow. I know it. Starting this Saturday night. Yep. And so we got some people that are pushing the button, and we thank you very much. Yes, thank yes, you for that. Yes, the donate button. Thank you. So, WTLN.com. And then uh, they go to the YouTube channel. It's the, the Vision, Vision Radio Program, and you'll be able to watch live stream from there. there okay. Go. That is awesome. But we, we still have we can, a face for radio. Yes, we do. <laughs> As you will see. <laughs> Trish, what's going on over there? Oh, my goodness. I had a, a really rough day, I guess you could say, yesterday. I We went to the neurologist with my daughter. We've been doing all this testing. And I just, man, I got home and I was by myself. And I just, I was crying. I was sitting in my car and I just felt so abandoned you know with all this stuff going on with my daughter and um i would have come by and see you that night if, but it was after visiting hours by the time i got to you yeah i appreciate that oh just, you're welcome i got up i just the wanted next to let morning. you know you weren't alone yes i saw the message and i was like wow that's awesome that's awesome don't worry she has another appointment coming up in six months um it's going to be another overnight and uh you guys, you and Tina can definitely come on by and see us. Uh, we'll be there. We'll supply the coffee. Okay. <laughs> but I had something else happen. I love I love social media. Um, I went on Facebook, and I just was like, you know, I poured my heart out. And um, one of our former guests, who will go unnamed because they requested that, um, got in touch with me and said um how would you like to be a special guest of mine to um night of joy which is a christian music festival at disney oh well everybody knows what that is mm-hmm. uh, wow so you got a freebie we got two freebies so my daughter is going to get to go and enjoy disney which is just fantastic oh, because she's gonna freak that's one of the things throughout all these appointments with the different doctors I've tried to make things fun for her right and so that was one of the things that I put on Facebook too so this person saw that and saw that you know we've been going through a lot and just said hey how would you and your daughter like to be my special guest and so we're gonna get to go to Night of Joy which is cool amazing yes it is (laughs) I wish I was going yeah Disney and Christian music. It doesn't get any better than that, no, right? No, really doesn't. Especially, I think Friday night is is the good one. Well, they're both good. But. Yeah. I'll let you know, because Saturday night is when we're going. <clears throat> oh, okay. Anyway. So I'll let you introduce our guest there, Fritz. Yes. We, I'll we be both, glad to. You know, I met Rick uh, in a um, at the church in a uh, single small men's group that uh, we met there and you mm-hmm. know just talked a little bit here and there and I got to know him a little bit he got to know me uh, but I'll let you take it from there well I also met Rick at a singles men's bible study and the night that I attended some for some reason they just focused on me and I broke down and you know was boohooing and you know this was right in the middle of all the junk mm-hmm so Rick uh, 
realized I had a daughter as well. So did he. He was single parent to a daughter, so he invited me over. And we just spent the afternoon, and the girls just, uh, you know, very long story short, have become best friends. And Rick has Rick and I have seen each other through some pretty desolate times, mm-hmm. and Rick has always been there for me, almost almost in a capacity same as you, Mike. Rick has just been a great friend and has given me some great advice along the road. And I just appreciate him, and I'm I'm I just I couldn't be more thankful and more proud that he's here tonight. Yeah. Oh, it's been a while, just like Fernando. It's mm-hmm. been a while. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to turn it over to Rick, man. Welcome to the show, buddy. I really appreciate you taking the time to come out tonight. Glad you're making it. Yep. Thanks. Glad to be here. Uh, see Mike and Fritz and and Trish. Uh, always glad to get together and share my testimony and hopefully uh, get out there and uh, help somebody or encourage somebody with it yeah you got quite a story yes i do it's uh it's been a while since uh i was born again but certainly it's something that you don't forget so yeah i've seen it in written form and i was blown away so i'm really looking forward to to listening to him tell it i was born and raised in small town indiana uh, i had two brothers and my Mom and dad, but dad was a farmer, farm boy that was raised in a small town in Indiana. Uh, he had four brothers raised on a farm, and my mother was from Mexico. She had uh, four sisters, moved to uh, Indiana uh, at a young age. But none, nonetheless, they met and uh, had us three boys, and uh, life was good. I, I remember my childhood as nothing but uh, playing sports and uh, going to school and had great friends in the neighborhood and uh, just spending their summers playing sports and going swimming and uh, just had a real great childhood from what I can remember and through it all uh, my dad was an alcoholic from a young age and with that comes a lot of absence uh, in the family uh, dad was never around a whole lot for us boys but uh, certainly like I said, we didn't realize it at the time just because uh, with all the friends we had and the time we spent out playing, but it eventually got to mom enough to to divorce him, and uh, when us boys got old enough to help work uh, part-time and help support the family, we did that, and, you know, that was kind of painful, I think more so for my older brother than for me, but uh, being the middle child, I don't re- recall uh, it affected me a whole lot, but certainly, you know, when your father's not there, that uh, does make a difference. Nonetheless, uh, through it all, Mom would always uh, get us up Sunday morning to go to church. That was uh, something that was non-negotiable, <laughs> and uh, especially in our teen years, coming home late at night, didn't matter what time we got in the night before, we were up and going to church the next morning, and uh, looking back, you know, was maybe as you know uncomfortable as it was at the time it was probably uh in the end what actually brought me and my older brother anyway back to christ um just having that foundation of you know being in the church and hearing the word uh going through the bible studies uh and so forth as a young kid and and, uh doing the uh, youth groups and uh summer camps anyway uh been married three times uh, I started work as a young, at a young age, and once I started working and making money, 
that was really became the focus. Uh, had money to spend to buy my own things and and support myself. And I moved out at the age of eighteen. Really got away from God and and actually living the life of a Christian um, in my tw- young twenties. I would say probably all the way up to my th- mid thirties. Basically, just acting a fool. Um, still went to church every Sunday. You know, still would would go to church with mom and and still be in touch with mom and certainly wasn't living a life and got my first marriage i was 29 we had dated eight years uh she was a good woman uh she was raised catholic i don't uh looking back you know we both uh, thought church was important but certainly i don't think either one of us was living it but um turns out i was too immature and wasn't ready for that at the time even though at 29 i thought i was but it didn't last but but a year year and a half so um and basically at that point in my life i was working a lot i worked hard but i also played hard very promiscuous and uh drinking alcohol and basically doing what my my dad had been doing uh the whole time that uh, growing up i ended up getting married a couple years later to the the do- uh, mother of my my current daughter who is soon to be 17 we we had a lot of fun together i mean that that was probably the <laughs> the center of it was we had we had fun we partied a lot uh, we had a lot of friends that partied and that was just uh, the thing we liked to do and in a few short months she became pregnant thinking of doing the right thing i uh, asked her to marry me uh, just to be there for my daughter when she was born and knowing that probably it wasn't going to last just knowing that uh, we both weren't well she wasn't a Christian and I was but certainly wasn't living it so didn't feel that it was going to last but I thought it was more important to be there for my daughter for at least as as long as I could we had gotten we had a few good years it wasn't all bad I think it was a total of six years but we were separated uh, the last couple years about the third or fourth year we had gotten into some arguments we're fighting a lot um i would always tell her that i was going to take our daughter marissa and and move out and uh, we would just go back and forth every time we fought uh, you know that uh, we were going to take the kids and um that type of thing well turns out one night uh, we we got in a fight and i remember it was november 23rd or 20 i don't november 24th uh, 2000 i had some buddies in town it was it was uh thanksgiving uh, the next day and had some buddies in town and my goal was just to go out and have a good time and and uh, numb myself and and just uh go out and have a good time and forget about uh, the home life that was that was uh, going on at the time and so i had left kind of early that day and my turns out that my wife ended up getting a babysitter her niece and her niece's friend um to come over and babysit so she could go out well i ended up going out um went to several places spent most of the night drinking um drank quite a bit i, I remember doing a lot of shots I got home. I don't remember driving home, but at some point I got home. I remember going through the back door because the front door was locked. Um, like I said, my wife and I had been fighting uh, 
up until this point and I was sleeping in the bedroom and she was sleeping on the couch so we weren't even sleeping in the same room together that's uh, about how bad it was getting but um, I got home late apparently her niece and her niece's friend both were sleeping on the couch so I come in uh, in the in the house and in the room not uh, turning any lights on or anything uh, and went over to the couch and seen somebody there and I I'm guessing I assumed it was my wife and I, I started groping her it was her niece and she woke up and she started screaming and the only thing I remember is going back to the bedroom and, and crashing going to sleep well apparently the niece um, called her grandma who didn't live too far away her grandma called the police so the police came uh, and I guess a short time after that my wife had got home and the police tried to wake me up to uh, give me a breathalyzer and to question me but they uh, after, I guess after uh, a few attempts were unable to do so <laughs> so to my surprise I wake up the next morning and um, my ex-wife says well you'll never get custody of Marissa now and I said what do you mean and she says well you don't remember last night I said no what happened she goes proceeded to tell me what happened and I, I told her honestly I didn't I didn't even remember driving home didn't remember coming home but uh, nonetheless I had to go down uh, to the police station and give a statement so I went went down there and uh, gave a statement um, never denying what I did um, to me, I always felt if the girl said that's what I did, then that's what I did. Uh, I didn't remember doing it, um, and certainly wasn't trying to, you know, be uh, deceiving or you know use um, being under the influence an excuse. But uh, I honestly didn't remember. And the family of the niece, which I knew, uh, and the niece had stayed over at our house before. I knew who she was. Um, she had stayed at our house before. Um, I knew her family had pressed charges for uh, misconduct with a minor. But after me talking to them, after a few days, they realized exactly what had happened, knew it was just a, a basically a case of mistaken identity, and dropped the charges. Well, unfortunately, the state of Indiana didn't see it that way, <laughs> and they picked up the charges. Mm-hmm. And There um, yeah, we go. And they came after me pretty hard. I got an attorney. I remember going to court, going to all the, the court appearances by myself. My my family had offered to come, but I, I said, no, I, I got myself in this mess. You know, I'll, I'll get myself out. But anyway, I, I got a good attorney. Um, but really, it, it, when you come down to it, the only uh, defense I had was, you know, I was drunk and didn't know what I was doing. My attorney tried to to argue that point to where it was a mistaken identity and a mistake of fact, but when it came down to it, I did do what the girl said I did, and and what I did was I I was I was groping her breast that you know I never went there was never any clothes taken off or any actually any skin touching, but just groping the outside of her shirt, um, thinking it was was my wife, but uh, apparently that constituted uh, misconduct with a minor, her. She was 15 at the time, so um, I was found guilty. Uh, I remember being in the courtroom and uh, 
hearing all the you know and i even told the girl it went to trial be, before trial yeah it went to trial be, i just said go up, just go up there and tell the truth i said you know you know what happened you know if i did this then go up go up there and tell it you know i, I never tried to you know um get her to lie for me or you know co- coerce her in any way so she just went up and told the truth and, and what it came down to i remember the prosecutor saying you know nobody nobody forced rick to drink as much as he did that night mm-hmm. nobody forced rick to to do what he did uh you know he was re- he's an adult the simple fact was you know he was irresponsible and and he did what he did so i took that and i was you know i was okay with with a verdict of guilty, uh, I knew, like I said, if that's what I did, then that's what I did, and I was willing to pay the penalty for it. So I went to, I went straight to the county jail, and I was there about two weeks. And I remember uh, my attorney came to me and says, "Hey, there's a place called Trinity Mission here in town who, you know, take people like in your case, uh, they take them in and." It's kind of a, you know, a new beginnings or a you know a, a, a house where you know there's other men in there and you know just they help you get back on your feet. Get, yeah, they get it's all faith based, so you, and it's a structured environment and, and you know it's it helps um, you you basically do your time there uh, instead of doing it in jail. Mm-hmm. And he asked me and approached me if I would be interested in doing that, and I said absolutely. So the two uh, the two guys that were running uh, the the mission came and interviewed me, and then I remember being in my cell one day, and uh, they came and said, "Hey, get your stuff. You're leaving." So I'm thinking, "Great, I'm going to to Trinity Mission," <laughs> and I get out there, and in fact, what it is, they were shuttling some of us from my town uh, to. Uh, the big city, which was uh, it was um, it was a prison. I mean, it's it's like a holding facility where you go and stay, and they determine where they're gonna where you're gonna go next. It's kind of like a holding facility. It's on a 23 hour lockdown. You're in your cell 23 hours. You get out for meals and showers, and that's it. So I ended up going there instead. That's what you know. After getting processed there and going through that ordeal. Uh, before I actually got assigned to a cell, that was that was the breaking point for me. Um, that was just when I got on my on my knees, and I remember laying on my on my bunk and just crying out to God and um, asking Him for forgiveness. You know, basically wanting to uh, turn my life over to Him. I, I, at that point, I told Him I gave up that I can't do it on my own. That I, you know, I've been foolish and I tried and. Um, just to help me get back on track, and I remember hanging on to a to a, a verse. I think it's Isaiah fifty four seventeen, where it said, "No, no weapon formed against me shall prosper." Uh, even though I was guilty, it's, it's not that I was uh, that I didn't deserve discipline or uh, punishment for my for my uh, actions at all. I didn't believe that at all. But what I did believe was that this. What I held on to was the fact that this wasn't going to destroy me, and it wasn't going to be this wasn't going to be the end of me. I just knew that uh, God had bigger plans for me. Actually, the second part of that verse it says, "In every tongue that accuses you in judgment, you will condemn." This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and the, their vindication is for me, declares the Lord. So, you know, even though uh, 
I was a victim of what I what I did and of my actions. It certainly uh, I knew that victory. The only way to victory was just surrendering, total surrender to God, and let Him take over and take over my life, because I knew at that point that I'd been I couldn't do it, and it was pretty obvious from where I was that I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, even though the charges against me didn't didn't really define me, um, but I did have a drinking problem. You know, I did have a, a an addiction, I, I would say, and problem with alcohol and and at that point i was just waiting and from talking to everybody around it was i was probably going to go to another place in indiana to another prison in indiana um my sentence was 10 years five years suspended and five years and do five years so i was thinking you know i'm looking at least two and a half years because in indiana you get time off half time yeah for good behavior so if I got if I have to do five, then where I got sentenced to five, I'm looking at two and a half years, you know, on good behavior. Prison, not yeah, jail. Right. Ooh. Now, since my my uh, offense wasn't a battery charge or an assault charge or it was a violent, nonviolent, right. that you don't you go you do you go to a different place. It's not from what I was told. You don't go to a where there's murders where there's, and yeah that kind of yeah thing. they. They, there's certain levels, and I can't remember the levels, but uh, so I was looking at going there. And uh, at that point, I was obviously didn't want to be there, but I just knew God was with me, and whatever I had to go through, I was ready to go through it. You know, it's that was my punishment. Um, I knew God was with me, and if if I did, if I just followed where He lead me, I'd be okay no matter what. But thank God for my mom. Uh, my mom, <laughs> looking back, she's. My mom always had strong faith, but I think this uh, this was the real test for her. And you know, if it wasn't for her prayers and her being on her knees every night while I was gone, I really don't think I would have got out of there as fast as I did. Two weeks later, my uh, they come and get me and say, "You have a phone call." I go out and it's my attorney. He goes, "Hey, I got you in Trinity Mission. There'll be a uh, a sheriff there to pick you up on Monday." And this is like Wednesday or something. I'm like, praise the Lord. So. Uh, I mean, it was like literally God put his hand in there and picked me out of there. I was thinking plucked you right out. Just picked me right up and put me in uh, Trinity Mission. But uh, they came and got me and uh, went to Trinity Mission. My mom counted the days. I didn't count the days, but my mom counted 33 days that I was in jail at both places. So, you know, Jesus was 33. They they assume he was 33 when he died, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if there's any significance there, but it was 33 days. I think there's always <laughs> There's always something with numbers, right? Especially in numbers. When it concerns yeah. a father, yeah. Yeah, so 33 days, so holy cow. I mean, that was that was great. I mean, it, that was a relief. Um, it was nice to get back because the, the mission was right there in my hometown, but uh, certainly, you know, the humiliation that I uh, put my family through and anybody that knew me, um, and even myself, you know, was was greater than anything. But the mission was was a blessing because it had other guys in there, and it allowed me to actually use some gifts that God has given me. And I was pretty much ended up being the leader of the group. They put me in charge for when the uh, the head 
the headmaster was was not there on like nights and weekends i was in charge and there was about six or eight of us in there uh at times and uh we uh had a structured environment there we did bible study every day we had chapel every week and anyway through it all my uh my mentor there because uh, i was still legally married to my wife and uh he uh encouraged me to reach out to my wife because i was at that point ready to get divorced but he uh he said that's not what god would want so i reached out to my wife and i remember her coming into the mission and i reached out to her and uh told her that i'd be willing to do you know to stay together if uh we both gave our lives to the lord and and you know live live for the lord um and at that time she said she would think about it i was living there at the mission um i had that you had to be there a certain amount of time before you could actually go out and work uh, and get a job I remember I got a phone call late one night, and it was a friend of my ex of my wife at the time, and she was telling me that she was with this guy, living with this guy out in the farmhouse, and my daughter Marissa was living out there too, and um, they were doing drugs and into drugs and maybe even selling drugs uh, out to uh, out of the house, and uh, that really concerned me. So I started praying uh, for my daughter and. Uh, once I found out that uh, my wife was moved in with this guy and uh, doing doing drugs, and uh, I was really concerned about the safety of my daughter, and I just prayed about it, and uh, you know, obviously talked to my mentors there at the mission, and uh, I filed for divorce, uh, and I filed for divorce in full custody of my daughter, and <laughs> you know, while I was at the mission, and while I had these charges that sexual you were misconduct yeah, with the minor, minor charges on me you know i know it sounds crazy but <laughs> that's praying uh, for a miracle <laughs> brother <laughs> but you know i i just felt i was concerned about my, the safety of my daughter you know i just wanted her in a safer place and it didn't have to necessarily be with me but you know with somebody safer and so we had court and well actually the the court assigned well, first they got child protection services involved, mm-hmm. and they interviewed me, and they interviewed my wife, and then they assigned what was called a guardian ad litem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, I'm familiar for the child. It's you know just a neutral party for the for the child, right? To figure out what's in the best interest of the child. Yes, and uh, he interviewed both of us, and they both ruled in favor of me. Thank God. And then it came to the court date for our divorce, and she didn't even show up. And they will still divorce you even if you do not <laughs> right. show up. Just FYI. And oh, they, they will. And they did. And I don't know if it's because my feeling was that she was strung out on drugs and, you know, uh, was either too paranoid or, uh, you know, maybe too messed Couldn't up. Couldn't face or, the fact that she was losing her child possibly. Yeah, or was just too paranoid to go into a courthouse, you know, right. uh, being under the influence. Um I didn't know. Um, I didn't really care because I got everything I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I got custody of my daughter and full custody, and I was still living at the mission. Uh, so at that point, um, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> was, mean, that's, that's a story, isn't it? Yeah. I was wondering what got you to leave the mission oh when you said gosh. you were in charge. I'm like, he was left in charge. I mean, just think so about what would get that. Him to, to leave the mission, but your daughter, custody right. of your daughter. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I had nowhere to go, and I had. They gave me the. They had a one-bedroom apartment in the basement, 
when I took over leadership, they they gave that to me, and I lived there for free. And at the time, I was working. By then, I was working. I had I had a pretty good job, and um, I was working. But I moved my daughter in there, and we we stayed there for a few months. That's where we lived. And my wow. daughter to this day remembers it. We drive by. She goes, "Hey, Dad, remember that?" Was, you know, so that's where we lived in the mission. Yeah. So I did stay longer than I graduated pretty quick we worked at the mission and we worked at the uh, secondhand store that they had and i just it was a good point in my life i just remember feeling good and really doing the lord's work and uh certainly after i got custody of my daughter that was that you know, was that, that's just that just blows you away when something like that happens but uh i just knew it was on the right track and my brother his lease was coming up from where he was at so we ended up getting a real nice two-story house in a real nice neighborhood and we lived together and had my daughter there and it was rough i mean her her mom was real bitter accused my mom of paying off the lawyers and judges and <laughs> accused you know <laughs> accused of, of, of when this god and comes that. in yeah I know, it's not I, working she for uh she actually went around our neighborhood and and it was a nice neighborhood and put signs or put letters in everybody's mailbox saying that i was a uh, child molester and put a big sign up at the entrance said child molester lives at this address and um just so many things that she tried to do out of anger i guess from from losing custody but and still you know she was still doing the drugs and uh she ended up getting arrested for uh possession and intent to distribute i believe uh, but she had some a few drug charges on her and but god had us in a good place we started going to a big church uh, right there where we lived and a good church got involved in that me and my brother and uh in the singles groups and my daughter was in youth group and i mean just everything was going great looking back it's like holy cow you know how, how do you get through all that but <laughs> and there's only one answer you know it's yeah. it's god it, get you through it how did you end up in florida rick and at real life well we uh i was single for like six years uh i just focused on my daughter when i got custody of my daughter i i just i knew i couldn't go back to the old lifestyle mm-hmm. amen the uh the drinking and the womanizing and and that type of thing so i i uh i didn't i think i only dated maybe two girls uh in those six years had a lot of good friends from the church though um, gr- girlfriends and and guy friends, uh, just we had a good time, and had, the church was great. Was involved in uh, a lot of things there. Then I met this girl, and uh, we got married. About a couple years into it, uh, I found out she had an eating disorder, uh, and she wasn't a Christian. Um, and this is this is all on me. I mean, it was just a bad decision. Um, I knew we were unequally yoked, but in my mind, I thought I could change her. <laughs> so <laughs> like, like a lot of people do. That's what they all yeah. think. Yeah, you know, I'll change, I, I thought I'll I change could, them. Yeah, <laughs> I thought I could bring her to the Lord. You're in I, good company, brother. I thought only uh, we did that, <laughs> the women. And um, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I try to be a godly husband through it all. But mm-hmm. uh, her, her. Uh, her eating disorder got got bad. I mean, uh, she looked at food as her enemy and certainly didn't eat right, uh, was abusing laxatives for years, I guess. And it just got real hard at home because 
she wouldn't eat and uh she would she would drink she would drink instead to fill her stomach i mean mm-hmm. and beer and alcohol and instead of eating and mm-hmm. you know we'd get in fights and you know she'd get drunk at, at some point and we just wouldn't get along and i just i finally approached her one day and said you know i'm willing to go through the help that you need uh, to get through this uh sickness that you have and but we can't keep living like this i said you know this is just not it's not good and you know and she went to church with me a few times and and that but certainly not what i envisioned and not what i was wanting but um but she just up and left she decided to move away and um not deal with her sickness and not stay with us so uh i thank god for that i I think you know god takes people out of your lives sometimes um that happened our divorce was final in february i had some friends that moved down here to florida a few years before that and i knew marissa was getting out of school in may and i thought well i just started sending some resumes out and i had some friends in nashville tennessee and i had some here and i just started sending resumes out and i said lord i don't care where we go i don't care if we stay here but uh i just need a good job with good benefits for me and my daughter and the only company that called me was the one here and uh turns out i applied for a dispatcher job when i got here to interview they were interviewing me for a logistics manager job because (laughs) the logistics manager had just moved and they needed one and they seen that i had that experience so i ended up getting the logistics manager job uh, how did who made that happen? How did that work <laughs> yeah. out? Right? I don't know. It, you know, it's. You I prayed. knew I prayed because I prayed. You know, I, I wanted to make sure I was doing what God wanted me to do and where He wanted to send us. And like I said, I was happy staying where I was at, if that be the case. But your uh, prayers were always so specific. I love that. Yeah, I was all your very, prayers were very, very specific. specific because, you know, I, I've well. You know, I made so many bad decisions on my own. You, you know, you just you don't want to rely on that anymore. And right. uh, I prayed, prayed, and prayed, and the offer came. I accepted it. God brought us down here, and it's been nothing but smooth sailing since we've been here. I mean, God has opened doors. Real life church was was a blessing, and still is. Uh, Fritz and Mike and people at the church, you know, good friends. Uh, it's allowed me to, you know, help them. They help me, and you know, me and Fritz, you know, with our being single fathers, help our each other daughters. and our teenage daughters. I mean, it's just been, you know, I look not so much me, but for my daughter. I, I just think, you know, it, it's been a big blessing for my daughter. She's uh, luckily her mom. Uh, thank God, it's, it's gotten clean mm-hmm. for the most part. Oh, that's great. That I that I, that I believe. Um, and has a relationship with my daughter. It's still That's distant. Good. It's still distant. Yeah. But you know, well, at least uh, they have it might a relationship. Need to be too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It might certainly. Need to be. And uh, but God's always filled that void, and He still continues to do so. And um, luckily, right now, as of today, I've got a great job. My daughter's doing great in school. I'm engaged to be married. I was gonna just say that I to a Cupid's, wonderful yeah. Christian woman that I'm excited about, and I, I know God has chosen for me. So, 
Um, yeah, I've met her. She's awesome. And how did you meet her? I just wanted to tell people about that. Well, you know, I I got here three years ago. My focus was my job, my daughter, getting a good church. And, you know, a lot of beautiful women at the church. Uh, a lot we, of really beautiful people. We do the singles <laughs> thing at church. They're just, you know, not, not everybody comes out to, you know, to attend those type of things. And uh, I don't go out. So I thought, well, I'll try my mom actually talked me into going on uh, Christian Mingle. So I tried it the second year I was here. No, the first year I was here, I tried it for a couple months and went on a couple dates. Nothing really happened. Um, so I just gave it up. And then the following year, my daughter went off to Indiana for the summer. And I thought, well, I'm going to try it for one month just to see. Cause, and I did. And that's when I met my fiance and, uh, Holy cow, it was like the last week of my membership, too, is going to expire. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to renew his, it. You know, it's like, his timing, yeah, not yours, exactly. friend. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we met and went out on a couple dates, and it's just been awesome. And she's got a great family and a great son. And we just. She knows about you and. Oh, absolutely. She knows your story. Yeah, I gave her my testimony after, I think it was two or three dates. I. Uh, I really liked her, and I knew that, you know, whoever it was going to be needed to know uh, mm-hmm. my testimony. So I wrote it out for her and, and gave it to her for her to read. And um, she took a lot of courage to do that, brother. Yes. Well, yeah, you know, because you know that Satan wants you to think that uh, that that's who you are. He wants you to destroy you. And I just knew that I was a victor. I was I was not a victim. And you know, whoever God had for me was going to be able to see through all yeah, see, see okay that and be more concerned about who I am today and who my, mm-hmm. you know, who I'm going to be in the future and Amen. and not my past. And you know, certainly uh, my fiance believes that. And, and you know, which is funny. <clears throat> you said before we started taping that she prayed. Listen to this. She prayed for somebody with a past, right? With, with a past <laughs> who had been broken. And, uh, you know, she had a bad marriage, you know, one bad marriage that she went through. And that um, was really hard on her and her son. And, and, you know, and she was, God brought her through that. And that's when, that's she what brought her closer to God. And she just, I don't know, I, I believe she wanted somebody that had been there and, uh, you know, knows had made mistakes you know nobody that uh still thought that they were in charge and and but has become a godly man yes and you know and uh we've just we've just come a long way and uh it's been over a year now and uh we plan on getting married next october so things are going great and like i said um you know i had to er learn early on that i had to focus on how god viewed and looked at me and not what the world did you know especially with these chargers because you know you you especially applying for jobs mm-hmm. um satan, satan can take that a long way yeah and meeting new people that's always in the back of your mind and mm-hmm. you can let that control you or you can do the opposite and i always chose to do the opposite and Embrace even when it. yeah e- even when people would tell me well what about your what about your past or what about your felony or what about this they're not going to do this they're not going to do that and it's like you know what 
it doesn't matter. If God wants me there, I'm going to be there. Right. If God wants me working there, I'm going to work there. Amen. If God wants me with this person, I'm going to be with that person. You know, I never let that um, dictate what I did. And I still don't. Um, I don't. I try to surround myself with positive people. And, you know, the naysayers can get behind me because uh, there's nothing, you know, after what I've been through. Mm-hmm. You know, and seeing what God can do, mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing that's going to hold me back or, you know, uh, keep me from doing God's will and, and doing my best. And uh, you don't know, you don't even know this because we never talked about this before. But I'm actually applying to law school, and I know exactly what a guardian ad litem is because mm-hmm. I want to be a guardian ad litem attorney. Oh dear, nice. so I know sitting here what a miracle that is that you got your daughter having those charges and getting your daughter i mean because they'll just the state will take your kid they'll say you're a bad parent she's a bad parent we can be better parents right they did not have to give you your daughter and that just is amazing yeah and i I still to this day her mom still hasn't Figured out. <laughs> got custody you know, and a mission. I mean, I mean, it's 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 funny. It, it really is because you know uh, she. I'm sure she still sits around wondering how that happened. But you know, you paid him off. It's that's <laughs> that's how God works. I mean, my mom's a prayer warrior, and it, you mm. know, it just goes to show. I mean, I personally am, am living proof of what God can do, and so is my daughter. Uh, you know, certainly Fritz and his daughter too. I mean, there's. Yeah. There's just no limit, you know, and uh, I just feel blessed, and I'm hoping this testimony will will bless others and encourage them. Because, it will, because uh, you know, sitting in a jail cell—that's not the end of it. You mm-hmm. know, um, sitting in a courtroom, uh, being convicted, uh, guilty is 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 not the end. You know, um, God has so much for us, and. You know, we just have to surrender, and that's that was my biggest problem. Was I was too busy uh, living for myself uh, most of my life, but uh, he got my attention. You know, <laughs> my mom used to say back in those days that she goes, "Son, I used to cringe when I prayed for you because <laughs> I knew something would, was going to have to happen." Mm. You know, because she always prayed that I come back and <clears throat> back to the Lord and. Uh, she said she used to cringe when she used to pray for me because she knew. But uh, God's going to have to really get his attention. Yeah, yeah, but you know, through it all, everybody touched or affected by this was their faith has just grown immensely. You know, uh, my mom, my brothers, uh, my family, me, my daughter. I mean, it's just our faith is so much greater now than if we hadn't gone through it. Um, Certainly, I'm not proud of it, uh, but I, I count it as a blessing. I, I don't count it as a curse, but I count it as a blessing because who knows where I'd be today? Who knows where my daughter would be today if that hadn't happened? So mm-hmm. God knew what he was doing. He sure know? did. When you can stand on that mountain and look back in the Valley of Acor, and you, you, you know the whole, yep. the whole story then, and you go, yep, all right. He had it all figured out yep. all the time. All the so, time. Thanks, Fritz and Mike and, oh. and Trish, for having me here tonight. I'm, I'm really glad uh, uh, I, I'm here, and I'm hoping that it will encourage others. And um, 
I'm hoping it'll encourage me to tell it more too. I, I think uh, maybe I need to. Uh, you might get, get invited down <laughs> to uh, FUMC to celebrate recovery after yeah. they hear this. Yeah, yeah. I need to. Uh, I need to get out there more and tell it more because uh, there's a reason why God gave it to me. And I, I need right. to share it more. And, it's your story. Uh, it's just amazing. It's the story He gave you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, it's He gives you everybody each mm-hmm. a story that you can give uh, to help either bring hope or comfort or actually bring them to Christ. It's mm-hmm. either either way. And yeah. and I always say that you you need to guard your testimony with your life because that's what He gave you. Yeah. And if you don't, uh, you could be put on the shelf. But uh, thanks again, though, for having me. I, re- I really well, appreciate for being sh- here. And, thanks uh, for saying yes, and yeah. not everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Rick. Well, we it, love you, buddy. Well, it took a, took a little while to get it, it him It took here. me a while. Um, yeah. I uh, It's probably been about a year, just like Fernando. But yeah. like Fritz said, when Fernando came in, it was God's timing on this one. It, so there, those so somebody does need to hear this. Tonight, absolutely. Yeah. Well, he just told it to 34 countries. Yep, 34 countries. If you want to Good get deal. in touch with us, you can um, send us an email at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. And also check us out on Facebook. And Twitter. Twitter. And Google+. Plus. Right. Twitter at God Stories Radio. And com. Really? Did you go there? <laughs> I went there, Mikey. Sorry. The dubbies. And so we trouble with the dubbies. We also have a uh, a button to be pushed. Yes, we do. Um, we've been saying before that uh, you know we are incorporated at this point, and we thought that the uh, the biggest thing, the number one thing we were working for or looking for, was to uh, become a five hundred one three C. And I thought uh, it probably would have happened by now if God wanted it. And then with some things that uh, happened in the last couple of weeks, I strongly feel that. Uh, the biggest thing that needs to happen is um, we need a home for GSR. And if God wants us to continue on and con- to continue to do what he wants us to do, uh, we need a home. And along with the home for GSR, there's expenses and such like that. So uh, uh, join us in prayer and see where... That leads you. It, yeah. Yeah. People don't realize um, Fritz is our producer and our studio is actually his living room so he's given up him and his daughter have given up their living room and to be for the first few months the kitchen yes to be the studio for god stories radio and it's a lot of work to set up and break down and all of that so basically it's they permanently given up their living right. room and you so. walk into the door and come through the little hallway and you can see the kitchen table where this used to be but now you see their living room and all it is is this studio that have you seen in pictures that we have posted before or after a uh, testimony has been given so uh, we don't have a fancy live youtube feed yet we just sound we sound like we do because <laughs> producer fritz makes us sound good yes yeah not too bad yeah fritz comes to my house to watch football yeah he doesn't have a tv in no his TV living room in here <laughs> yes that's correct so, thank god i have a 60 inch yes he does and we can we that can uh, massive come and watch it so you know it I'm going to be hanging with you quite a bit. <laughs> he does it right with our pizza parties, our house parties, yeah. as we yeah. call it. Yeah. So couldn't do it without you, buddy. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. and uh, Thanks for coming, man. You blessed me. Me as well. So uh, I want to remind you to tune in live on YouTube Saturday night, 10 p.m., 
and that's Eastern time. So if you're out on the West Coast, right. that's going to be one o'clock. No, no, not, uh, eight no, o'clock. It's the other it's way. The other yeah. way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, but we're in 34 countries, so it could be yeah, any it could time. be any time. Right. Holy smokes! But it's going to yeah. be 10 o'clock <laughs> as they say. It's Eastern, Eastern Standard, Standard time. time. Right. It's yeah. 12 o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> WTLN.com is the website for the station, but you want to go to the YouTube.com and you're going to type in the Vision radio radio program right the vision radio program and when you go to the wtln.com website just to listen to it you have to listen to live and it is called the vision uh and live yeah there's a link that says listen live so they could go to wtln.com and just click listen live and then it'll go right to the show on saturday night after 10 o'clock and we'll be there but if you really want to see the mug on mike's face (laughs) you got to tune in on the youtube (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, that's session 53. That is session 53. I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. What a blessing. Thanks, Rick, for coming. That was session 53. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God bless. God bless. All the love surrounding me Don't let me go Take all of me Take my loss and take my gain Take my trials and take my pain Take my life and let it Don't